everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Pilot's Guide podcast, a show where I, John, am joined by my co-host, Sean. Hello. To talk about streaming service original pilot episodes. Before we get into it today, uh, we will be talking about the Netflix original show, Daybreak, which came out in 2019. Um, But right now... Whatever you're listening on, uh, hit that subscribe button at the top of your platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Google Play or any of the other podcatchers. Uh, you could send us an email with an idea for a show for another week at pilotsguidepod at gmail.com or connect with us on our Twitter at pilotsguidepod. Yeah, you have to Sean, yeah. today we are watching... A zombie-ish kind of show, zombie-adjacent show, comedy, uh, not horror, uh, Daybreak, for our uh, for another installment in our our Halloween season shows. Um, what have you done this week to feel spooky? Spooky, dude. I think the best idea that Liz has given us, like to. Liz came up with the idea to, through the whole month of October, just go to Disney Plus, go to The Simpsons, and watch all the Treehouse of Horrors. Ooh. Really fun. I love them. What was your favorite Treehouse of Horror thus far? I think season eight, I think it was. Something what, like that. I, you, gotta tell, you gotta tell me what happened. I um, think I've seen, like, three or four of yeah, them. Yeah. It's season eight. Um, In the one part so like it's cut into three in the one episode there's mm-hmm. three different events that go on and one of them uh uh it's based off of the shining and mm. uh homer goes crazy and uh he writes he writes no tv no beer make homer go crazy and then he just tries <laughs> to murder marge oh my Lisa god he says Bart. march yeah. I, have to, I have to kill you more. It, it's it's just really cool how it's like a remake of The Shining. Okay, cool. I think I remember one where there was like he kept multiplying, or there were like a bunch of homers. Probably. And one of them he turned into the Blob. Okay. Okay, I think I've seen that. And then I think there was one with like a with like a hammock, if I remember. I think I it was no the idea. hammock that made multiple homers. Bro, I, I'm I'm so checked. Like I do, I I've watched the Simpson Simpsons a bit, but I'm not the the type of person to to binge the Simpsons to any particular degree. So there's a lot of Simpsons content that I am missing on, and I know the early seasons were good, but I know the new seasons are bad. So sorry. Yeah. I I hear that they're getting a little bit better, but really, but slowly. I don't know. Times are changing. But John, what did we do this week to celebrate some early Halloween spookiness? Yes, this week we didn't get particularly spooky on this one, but a Netflix <laughs> original show, Daybreak, which I believe was on the short list of shows that we were going to watch last year, but it didn't ultimately make the cut. And when we were looking through the kind of slim pickings as far as... Um, zombie or werewolf or ghosts or ultimately halloween vibey shows um this one sort of fell into place for this week's pod now daybreak if you're unfamiliar uh with the show is a effectively a high school uh, like yeah it's I would say it's like a post-apocalyptic thing. It is, a, it is absolutely a post-apocalyptic, uh, kind of like a... T- I mean, he says it, the, the main character says, like in the middle of the episode, this is like a teen rom-com, uh, action rom-com that's split over a bunch of episodes, like a TV series, yeah. instead of being one movie. Um, and it's kind of like that. It, there's, a, there's a good bit of comedy. There is... Uh, a, a fair bit of action too. Um, it's it's very it's very campy in that sense, um, but 
well we'll 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 do our best to to expand on it as we as we go go into the show um as we always start off uh these pods let us get into the nitty-gritty analysis report where we talk about the characters in the show kowalski if you wouldn't mind ringing that little bell my boy kowalski you're looking handsome today he's got that slick fade and uh, he just he just hit up the barber socially distanced and uh and he's looking looking quite dapper um he's probably dressing up for dressing up for halloween i think he's still planning on going out and getting candy and if he does i pray that he's safe Mm. that's all well now what i hear the hot hot costume of the year is the hot costume yeah what's that it's drac I don't know why, but a lot of people want to go as Drac. Are you kidding me? <laughs> people want to be like me. That's crazy. Who would have known? I, 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 I am so honored that people would be willing to dress up like a Dracula, but there is only one Dracula, <laughs> folks, and uh, the posers, they're going to pose, but uh, only one of us gets to go blah, blah, blah. <laughs> For real. All right, I'm out. I'm out of there. Peace. Have fun uh, recording. Uh, I'm gonna go get a get a uh, uh, cheeseburger and an iced tea. I'll be, I'll be in the back room. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Drac. For what a guy. Dude, you just mentioned his name and he he appears. It's like uh, it's nuts. So, Kowalski analysis report characters. Sean, yes. um, give us a couple characters. Who do we who do we got? Who are our our main ones? Main character of the evening is going to be Josh. Joshy boy. Josh Wheeler. Josh is a survivor of the bomb. Um, (laughs) You could put it that way. Um, And before I get into Josh, um, the bomb that I'm talking about is there was a bomb that went off, I guess you could say, in California, would you say? Yes, yeah. And it turned everything into a post-apocalyptic mess and mm-hmm. turned all the adults into what they call ghoulies. Ghoulies! Which, which are zombies that mutter odd sentences. Like, one of yeah. the zombies is saying, Lululemon is having a 10% off <laughs> from my right now and, <laughs> while trying to eat them. So, mm-hmm. that's a ghoulie. And... All the kids were not affected by the bomb. Right. Which right. is strange. But, okay, we we went over that. Mm-hmm. There's zombies, bomb went off, post-apocalyptic yes. world. Josh is the main character. Josh is, uh, I, did they say he's a senior? He is a... I, I don't it know. Doesn't, he's, doesn't really matter. He's, yeah. a, he's a, a new kid, new kid in town. From Canada. Move from Canada, exactly. Toronto, I think. Yes, I believe so. Um, Show takes place in Glendale, by the way. Glendale, California. Here, you continue. Sure. Uh, So Josh, played by Colin Ford from the movie We Bought a Zoo 2011. A favorite of one of our pilot's guide uh, co-workers. Uh, So... (laughs) So yes, um, Josh is a new kid. Doesn't really fit in anywhere. Not in the sense that he's necessarily a pariah, but he's sort of like uh, he doesn't really have a have a click. In this show, the way they lay out their high school in in Glendale, it's it's very clicky. the The school is very separated. Um, and being that he's a new kid at school, it's important for him to, uh, find his crew. And in order to find where he fits in, he is helped out by one Sam Dean, Samira Dean, who is another, um, important character, uh, in this show. Sam is like, I don't know. What would you, what, what would you say? Like Sam's role as a s- student. Is? They, they said that she was... The popular girl who wasn't a cheerleader. She was friends mm. with, like, almost everybody. She was just, like, that one mm-hmm. likable person. Right. Um, she, her job, of, her job throughout the school, I think, I don't know if it was assigned by the principal, 
but her mm-hmm. job was to try and find friends for the new kids. Right. She said, I think she refers to herself as like this Harry Potter sorting hat yeah. of high school students. She puts them in there in their correct clicks, which is kind of a weird thing for somebody to be responsible for. But uh, that's what this principal is asking for. And speaking of said principal, uh, Mr. Burr is a principal who is played by none other than Matthew Broderick, uh, famous from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And which this show definitely takes a, a huge amount of influence from. Um, and there's also, he's also in uh, uh, Master Holly and the Boys, Master Harold and the Boys, apologies. That's a good, uh, a good play. And um, he's in Inspector Gadget too. Uh, Matthew Broderick, he's, he's here. Um, he's funny. He's funny. He's a funny guy. He's definitely, definitely that. Um, it's been a while since I've seen like a recent Matthew Broderick uh, entry. I know he he doesn't act the way that he did um, in the early two thousands because of some stuff that happened that we won't get into. Um, but it was nice to see him here. He he served a very good role and he uh, delivered some some very uh, good dialogue and some very good writing that I think the show uh, you can sort of see from the early onset. Um, outside of the three of those characters, uh, we have a couple more of the gang that Josh is sort of a part of. Um, I guess that he doesn't necessarily want to by his own choice, but his, his little group, um, how about you name another member of, uh, of Josh's little three person wolf pack, I guess you could say. Uh, first one I'll bring up is Angelica. Yes, Angelica. Angelica is a ten-year-old, mm-hmm. uh, annoying little girl. She is pretty much a pyrotechnic for some reason. Yep. yep. Um, she's just like that. So I, I, did they say that Josh? Um, did they say that Josh used to babysit Angelica? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Angelica herself said that. And Angelica always used to try and light his stuff or his clothes on fire. She hated Josh normally before the apocalypse. And she – thats I mean that's pretty much it honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Now that the po- apocalypse has started, she's more – I don't know if you would say respectful towards Josh, but like they they have to work together, right? Because we'll talk about it later. But the situations that they get in, they have to work together, or they're gonzo. Yep. And yep. that's Angelica, pretty much, uh, mm-hmm. who is our other teammate on that three per- person team. Our last, our last person in in Josh's group here. Uh, my favorite character in the show, Wesley Fists, played by Austin Crute. Uh, he is a jock because he wears a Letterman jacket in one of the flashbacks. But yeah. he's a pacifist now in the wasteland. <laughs> and he's also a samurai. He has a katana. And that's why he's cool. He's also very funny. Uh, that, that's like sort of sort of Wesley's bit. Um, Josh and Wesley weren't particularly friends, but they weren't particularly enemies either. And, you know, the way that Josh needs to work with Angelica, he's going to need to work with Wesley here because Wesley's willing to like be a decent, I guess, advisor and, and somebody to bounce ideas off of. Because the point of all this that I didn't even mention, uh, Sam, who we talked about, before she's missing and josh loves her and he wants to find her but she's been missing for six months ever since the bomb dropped and josh really wants to find her so he's hoping to look to wesley and angelica to assist him uh in finding her yep um other uh characters that that pop up there is turbo bro turbo bro is the jock who is in charge of all the jocks um because much like high school when the bomb dropped all the kids lit now live in like tribes yeah it's kind of weird 
based on their things. You've got like the jocks and the stem punks as they're called and the Kardashian, the, like the league of yeah. Kardashian or something. People <laughs> I, that wrote, watch. I wrote them down pretty. Oh, you did. Okay. Well then we can talk more about this later, but turbo bro jock is af- out for blood. He's just a big beefy Mad Max looking guy. And then we've got the, uh, the golf team, Barry, Gary, Larry, Terry, and Jerry is actually their names the golfers and they're golfers and they're they're funny and we'll talk about the golfers in more detail now but how about we do our summaries sean's got stuff written down um from what he took away from the show uh what how long do you think you're gonna need to to read off your good good um give me a minute i guess We'll see how it actually ends up. I give Because guess what? A minute. We make the rules. We make the rules. So you got you got yourself a timer, bruh? I'll set it here. Set that ish. Timer. One minute. Ready, set, go. The main character, like we said, is Josh, who also, like we said, lives in a post-apocalyptic world where the adults turn into ghoulies. Zombies who mutter odd sentences but will still eat you, and kids were not affected by the explosion that took place. We meet Angelica and Wesley, who are Josh's companions, while they run from an enemy tribe run by a dude named Turbo, who dresses like, quote, Mad Max. Mm -hmm. Josh had been looking for his also, quote, girlfriend, Sam, for six months which i actually found surprising because i didn't realize that it had been going on for that long all by himself but hasn't been able to put hasn't been able to find her but in the meantime he's stocking up on tons of necessities which we see from his apartment that angelica wesley and him go to and he has an uh he's he's just putting it in simple terms he's a hoarder Mm-hmm. that is it okay all right uh i will i will expand uh in my minute let's see okay got myself a minute on the clock and here i go so this show is steeped in flashbacks to um basically a whole situ- whole cliche situation to a new kid um josh is very close with sam uh, and she's very close to him. Josh doesn't really have a good relationship with his parents because his mom works um, really early and he never really sees her. So Sam is like a good connection for Josh. That's all the high school drama. Now we're that we're in the present time, the apocalypse. Josh is looking for Sam. He goes to find a new house because all the animals have mutated and a pug destroyed his first apartment, but he had a second apartment later. <laughs> I don't know. So Pug destroys his apartment. He goes, he finds a church. Uh, the golf team's there. He has a fight with the golf team. He thinks they have Sam in a box. It's actually Angelica. And then he meets up with Wesley. And then the golf team calls the jocks to help them. And the jocks start chasing them. And I'm going to give myself a little extra time. Do it. Uh, so Josh and Wesley and Angelica come up with the idea to basically do a water balloon fight with the jocks that are basically trying to break into um, his apartment with all of his supplies and um, by throwing uh, water balloons filled with blood onto them the ghoulies come after them and start uh, biting at the jocks and the jocks ultimately run run away Uh, josh who's looking for sam and tells uh wesley and angelica to meet him at the mall for whatever reason uh because that's maybe the last place that sam was uh he gets chased by the jocks but he gets away and then down to the last second of the show they all meet up again at the at the the mall and a character that we didn't mention that appears two quick times baron triumph who is somebody that's very scary and turns kids into hummus, pulls up on their motorcycle and takes their helmet off. And all three of them are surprised. I wonder who it is. And we'll talk about that later on in the pod. But 
Let's expand. There are there are a good amount of scenes in this show that I think are quite fun, and, and I think we could uh, definitely do a good job to shed a little light on them. So I will let you start. What's um what's a scene that you would like to expand on? Well, uh, plot twist: it's Baron Trump. <laughs> no, that guy wasn't tall enough. Um, let's start at the beginning. How sure. how did it start off? Let me see. Let me see what I got in that magic book of mine. Um, <laughs> actually, I actually scratch that. I want to talk about the scene with the really shitty band and then <laughs> with the guy that got pushed oh, oh, into wow. the pit with the ghoulies what was it called it was american american <laughs> ninja idol or something like that i, I think don't it was know. called american ninja idol it made it that was the part that actually made me laugh um sure so, talk talk about the jocks yeah. so what their deal is okay so I don't really know what their deal, like, in general is. All mm-hmm. I know is the jocks are just, like, the bad guys in this show. The jocks sure. are out for blood. Um, yes. After Josh runs into the golfers and gets and runs away, the golfers go to this golf cart that they have, and they throw up some flares into the sky lets the jocks know, yo, come help us. And then the jocks, they all hop on their four-wheelers, their dirt bikes, and it, it literally is like Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the jocks are, I don't really know. They haven't even done much. They're just trying to look for Josh the entire time. Right. But they get into a water balloon fight but instead of water it's blood mm-hmm. with josh and it, it was just weird um the jocks but i, I pulled know. you away i pulled you away from from what you were originally talking about but this this band the bad band this is like the jocks what the jocks are using for for entertainment but yeah. set set that whole situation so you've got this band performing on the stage and yeah beneath the stage what there were like there was a pack of ghoulies or something like that. Yeah, so like it's this stage that's on it's on stilts, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And then below the cage is ghoulies trapped by a fence below the below this the band, I guess. And if the band was good, then they could live, I guess. And if the band was bad, there's a trap door below the singer and this guy was awful and turbo he went and then (laughs) he went it made that weird tribe call and then that signaled the trap door to open below the singer's feet and i don't know how but he got away he jumped over the fence Mm -hmm. away from the ghoulies but that didn't really matter because Turbo had a <laughs> rocket launcher <laughs> and he yelled again and then he aimed his sights and then that singer was literally evaporated. Yep, splatted the boy. Uh, yeah, I, I so this situation, I think that's why I was called American Ninja Idol because it's <laughs> one part American Idol. They're performing to try to move through this competition, you'd think. And, but it's also American Ninja Warrior because when they fall into the pit with the ghoulies, they got to get out and they got to run around and try to dodge this guy's <laughs> literal bazooka, which I don't know how a 17-year-old gets a bazooka, but hey, this is this is the apocalypse. These kids can do whatever they want. Yes, they um, can. I'll take us back back to the beginning because I thought this thing – I thought this show did something that was really smart. Uh, and made me like pretty early on be like, huh, okay. So the show opens up with like a regular high school and like Josh is sitting down and they're taking roll call and the teacher's like, Jaden here, Jaden here, Jaden oh, here. Yeah. Three Jadens in a row and then Josh, Wheeler, 
Wheeler. We like the Bueller thing, the Ferris Bueller thing. Yeah. And then Josh does a fourth wall break and looks at the camera and I'm like, Oh, so we're doing a Ferris Bueller thing? <laughs> and that's that's what we're doing here. There was a lot of Ferris Bueller inspirations in this show. And I wonder why, because one man, <laughs> Roderick, is in the show. Um, and you know what? I didn't, I didn't mind it. While Neither do I. fourth wall breaking can be cliche, uh, the the show did it tastefully and and comically, and and I thought they handled it quite good. That that scene that he's he's in this classroom, it slowly evaporates into the wasteland. He explains in his monologue that somebody on Twitter basically sent a tweet that sent a a atomic bomb that blew up not only their town but supposedly all the areas around it and now it's just a wasteland where only the team only like 17 and younger survive pretty bonkers setup for a show but then you're like oh this kid's got it he figures it out um and we get a like a lot of the exposition a lot of the backstory in the first 20 minutes or so of the show because when he goes to find another apartment after he shows off that like i can do anything i want because this is my world now i'm a kid and i'm resourceful and i can ride around on my skateboard and spray paint yeah. i'm here or whatever um well you he, know why he was spray painting i am here right yes okay. yes well just making sure yes um he sees the golf team because he, he's trying to go into this church, sees that they have somebody basically locked in a box that's Angelica. And, but and we don't know that. We don't know that. He thinks it's Sam. Yeah. Um, but they're like – he basically bargains with the golf team who – they all have like golf clubs that are modified into scythes and like yeah. flails and stuff. It's, it's really goofy uh, like sheet metal weapons, but they're pretty pretty silly. They're a silly group of guys. He basically bargains with them to tell him to, to tell them his his literal origin story. He's like, I've got a really good origin story, but a kick-ass <laughs> origin story. And it's filled with like romance and action and all this stuff. And they're like, okay, tell us a story. And that's where that's what conveys all this high school background. But you stopped me to say why he was spray painting. I am here. Yep. Why is he spray painting I'm here? So, like we mentioned earlier, um, Sam, his, quote, girlfriend, has been missing for the past six months. Mm -hmm. And the reason that he is spray painting I am here is because uh, he went. Where did he go that he found her out? He, it was his apartment, I believe, that he's mm -hmm. in now. Mm -hmm. She wrote a note, uh, she wrote on a post-it note saying, where are you, or, mm -hmm. I believe? Well, he, he thinks it's, he thinks it's her. Because now, he's, like, convinced that it's her handwriting. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, she, she supposedly wrote on a post-it note, where are you, and left it in his apartment, and... This was six months ago, and he's been spray painting I Am Here on buildings for however however long he's been since that six months, just trying to find her to no avail. Yep, to no avail, which is a shame because clearly he oh, – we don't really know too much about Sam. She's kind of mysterious in that sense. Um yeah. How how she actually feels about Josh. Pretty confident that like he you know, they they have mutual feelings for one another, but the way that Josh is explaining the story, who knows if he's like fudging details and for whatever reason she doesn't actually have feelings for him. I think that would be certainly an interesting uh curveball to throw in the show if they ever find her. Um, but hey, Josh is a laid back dude. I'm sure he could deal with rejection. He's preaching this, this phrase, be the flow all the time. He's <laughs> like, we just gotta be the flow, man. Skateboard around and spray paint and do fun kid stuff because there are no adults. But he is kind of kicking himself because 
he said at one point, I'm not sure if it was towards the end, but mm-hmm. he, he was saying how this would have never happened with Sam if he would have just went to the football game. And the football game was right before, minutes before the bomb went off. Yeah. Um, Sam was in a football stadium at the high school game, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. And he was outside holding a flower, ready to see her. But I guess he kind of chickened out and he mm-hmm. went to go call her. The first time, I I think it was the first time she didn't answer, but then called, I don't know. But um, right before the bomb went off, like seconds before the bomb went off, they were talking on the phone. And then the bomb goes off in the background. Mm-hmm. The uh, You can hear her screaming in the background, like, yeah. I'm, I'm bleeding. Mm-hmm. And then the call fails. And, uh. and then Josh is like, his ears are ringing. Yeah. It's it's a sad scene. I thought it's that like was Call of Duty. I thought that 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 scene itself was probably my favorite scene of the show, just like because of how intense it was, and I thought that the yeah. going off was cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it was really intense. Um, whatever the practical effects to like blast him with all this dust. Yeah. As he like sort of hid behind this, um, sort of concrete sh- structure in the ground was was pretty intense, and yeah, like there's there's clearly concern in his voice and Sam's voice and all the people are running out of the, out of the stadium. Running the towards principal's the like, The principal's like, go find your buddy. It's yeah. just like an emergency <laughs> drill. Find your buddy. And it's like, bro, there was a literal nuke. I don't know if you need to like tell him that right now, but Hey, the principal's prepared. Um, I want to talk about one more line uh the the introduction in the flashback between josh and wesley how they sort of sort of interacted in the past before they they met up and now they're they're teammates here um so josh the new kid wesley's a jock for maybe football i don't know and wesley while they're at their lockers literally pulls out a katana and is like this is a katana from this samurai movie and it's a it's a perfect replica and it's amazing and then he's like josh wheeler what do you think about katanas do you like katanas you think swords are cool this kid is in a high school with a katana (laughs) and josh is like and and the principal walks up and doesn't really say much about it he doesn't see the he doesn't see the katana the principal (laughs) But this whole scene is, like, them basically having a conversation about, like, what's better, a gun or a katana. Because Josh is like, I could just, you know, beat you with a with a, a gun. And Wesley's like, look, you can shoot all your bullets. And when you're out of bullets, I'll still have cold steel ready to cut you in half. And, uh, yeah, so the principal walks up. And they're like, Principal Burr, do you like, uh, do you think a a gun is better than a sword? And then Principal Burr, 2019, Principal <laughs> Burr replies, well, I pray, well, I play Sombra in Overwatch. So I think you know which I prefer. Sean, tell everybody who doesn't know about Sombra who Sombra is. Sombra is. Sombra is in a video game overwatch which is i don't even know how to put it what is overwatch it's a first person shooter team first person team shooter i guess you could say. yeah that's that's pretty much it it's animated mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite games ever it's a great game and it, it came out of came out of left field it was a, <laughs> it was a big pull i was, was like oh it got my attention mm-hmm mm-hmm um yeah so but sombra sombra uses a submachine gun so answers made uh he likes he likes sombra for her machine gun and for her ability to be invisible i play overwatch too having in a little bit philadelphia fusion our city's overwatch team just got absolutely trashed in the finals so or semifinals so so sad r.i.p overwatch league 2020 but that's enough about but yeah uh to to finish off that scene josh trips 
after the principal says, you shouldn't be talking about guns in my school or I'm going to get in trouble. So I'll leave you to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Josh... I don't want to write a police report or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Josh, when the scene was ending, Josh was tripped by Wesley's other douchebag jock friend. Jock. Mm-hmm. And the... Uh, they bend over, say something snotty to Josh while he's on the floor, and then Wesley does two, and then they just walk away. And now oh, Wesley, Wesley during the during the apocalypse, he's like a changed person, and now he's a samurai, a man of his word, and yeah, a pacifist. Yeah, doesn't actually fight, uh, which sort of comes into play later when he's too afraid to swing his <laughs> katana at the Lululemon ghoulie. <laughs> but it's okay because somebody else has a katana josh has a katana and then he loses his katana in the same episode so that's cool so sad. um yeah a lot of a lot of small things a lot of small fun aspects of of this show and a lot of uh a good different scenes throughout um the runtime's around 45 minutes for the show so they do squeeze a lot in here for this first episode and i really appreciate that because some pilots you get or some first episodes you get, you're like, man, I kind of want a little more information. And I felt like they did a really good job here of laying that out. So I'll transition us into our likes and dislikes, Sean. Why don't you go first with either a like or a dislike, and I will counter with uh, the same. Um, uh, I guess you could say uh, the one thing I did like was... Hold on. I wrote it down. But Bless. Bleh. Oh, there was one song. I forget what it was. But it played in the beginning. And it made me write down that I really liked the music in this show. Mm, yeah. Um, the soundtrack, I thought it was really good. They had a really cool intro. Um, just like the start of it. And I don't know. It just... It just all came together well. I, um, I thought some of the, some of the, and like like how we t- spoke about the, the bomb going off. I just thought that it, it, it stood out from the rest of the episode. I guess because it was more serious, but they did mm-hmm. a really good job of like making it fit in and it also looked visually yeah. appealing and it looked good and i don't know i i i am not really a big fan of josh's character when mm. he's like talking to us like to mm. to the camera but i liked i i would say after that small part of him being serious at that football stadium when the, the bomb was going off. I think I liked him better when he wasn't talking to us. I, I don't know if it's just because I don't like the whole talking to the viewers thing, but I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I also thought that some of the effects were awful, like that mutated pug. In, oh, it was the CG was really bad. It was awful. It's almost like it was supposed to be, though. Yeah, it, it, it just it was weird. I don't know. Um, I, I liked the concept of tribes, Mm. but so so like, the one thing I didn't like though was the golfers and the jocks, I don't see how, how they're working together. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Uh, I thought the golfers were hilarious in their own way, mm-hmm. but then it cuts to the golfers calling for help from the jocks who are like the most serious, scary group. And mm-hmm. it's like, why are they working together? Someone's got to know someone because um, they're all jocks, but that that's, I, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny to, to just a, a little detail. The, she was like the head advisor. I think I think her character's name is Mona Lisa, the head advisor to, to Turbo. It might be a different character. Um, she is like the golfers are like 
sub athletes or something like that like the yeah. like the smallest on the lowest on the food chain that's why they yeah. don't hang out with the with the jocks they're in like white polos and they're they want to be all clean and the jocks are like gritty football pad wearing big bros and the golfers are very much not not that so yes i agree there's like a disconnect i thought they just hated the golfers but i was surprised when they sort of answered the golfers call yeah um i thought that the church scene when uh josh goes to cut off the guy's (laughs) finger i thought that was priceless um that's good the rocket launcher scene that was also (laughs) out of left field um the there was also one thing that we forgot to talk about and that was the wesley and mm-hmm. turbo they made eye contact at one point and Did Wes- they? yeah and wesley like was scared cuz like it seemed like he mm-hmm. knew him maybe he so does so i think i think wesley is hiding something mm. i i don't know i don't know what it is that's all Do I you got. like that he's hiding something? Is that like, like I don't oh, know. that's an interesting range. It, it could it could be good. It it could also I don't know. Sure. 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 I like that. You had a long you had a long list of likes there, which is good. And I, I, I echo all of your all of your thoughts. Um just a couple more things that I liked about the show. There were a lot of um smart details and callbacks throughout the show that i thought were really good um there's a a good like a great uh moment for josh where in a flashback he has a meeting with the principal and the principal is just arbitrarily naming kids with peanut allergies or nut allergies and he says terrence marcasian and then 20 minutes later when josh tries to cut off this one golfer's middle finger um, after he gets like flipped off, uh, and his sword gets stuck in the kid's hand, um, he is on the ground. The the golfer is on the ground, and uh, Josh is like, you know, I put I coated the sword with peanut oil or something <laughs> like that. Terrence Marcasian because the kid's name was Terry, and for whatever reason in my brain I didn't think of like Terry and this Terrence Marcasian kid that this principal arbitrarily mentioned. 15 minutes ago in a flashback were linked. And I thought that was just so smart, like such a good, good little joke. Um, and another detail I loved about the jocks. Um, so Angelica and Wesley and Josh are in their apartment and they're like, just figuring out what to do next. And then they hear in the distance, the ESPN Monday night football theme. What? I growing. Did not... <laughs> it, it was the, it's like the it was what the jocks were driving up in their big because they just have like big vehicles and they're blasting it from their speakers and i'm like that is such a good detail i love it um i did not notice that that's funny great because they played it like really quiet and, and the three of them were like do you hear that it has to it has to be the jocks but it could just sound like any song. But when you watch as much as much football as I do, I was like, oh my god. That's that's really smart. How about them Bills Titans? I watched, I watched, I I watched the game last really? night. Really? <laughs> 42-16 Titans, man. It was a bad game. It's a blowout, indeed. Um, Back to the show. Yeah, I, I, I think the show really scratches an itch in like the post-apocalyptic fantasy that's not like too serious but can be serious in like moments and i think there's stakes and i think that's cool and i think there's a lot to be commended as far as the writing goes for the show and um that's pretty much everything that i liked about it um as far as my dislikes were concerned yeah some of the cg was bad and um like that's that's kind of it. I was like really surprised. My expectations were not high for this show. Mine weren't either. Definitely, you know, propped it up when when I was watching it, and I was like, okay, I could I could maybe see myself dipping back in here, even if it doesn't uh, even if it doesn't run the course. But 
we'll hold on our verdicts because we have another segment before yes. that. This is our prediction section where we talk about what we think is going to happen later. Couple theories on the table. I mean, there's the Wesley and Turbo. Know each, do they know each other? Um, what do you think about that? Do you think it's just that other jock that tripped Josh? So we we see we get a close up of Turbo's face because he always has a like a hockey Jason mask on kind of mm. type of thing. And you can tell that his face is, like, burnt. So mm. I think that might just be from, like, when the bomb went off. So Maybe. I think I think it's either that other jock that Wesley was with when he, like, tripped Josh. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's his name, Josh. Um, in, the, in that flashback scene. Or it could just be, like, another jock that we either haven't met or it's... I mean, it's got to be, I, I think it's one of those, either a jock we haven't met or it's the other jock that we met in the flashback. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I honestly have no idea who Baron could be. I think it's just going to You gonna, don't have I, any ideas? I think it's just going to be a brand new character. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Let oh, me hear, no, let me hear no, what you no. have to say. Uh, there are, there are two people that it could be. It is like two people. That's it. I gotta think now. So Baron Triumph, uh, we didn't really talk about him that much. Uh, this is a guy that everybody is intimidated of. He has like his own territory, basically like owns them all. It's effectively a person that rides around in a big black trench coat, black helmet and like gas mask um basically bringing kids in like a crate yeah uh, back to wherever they're going and like they're in one of the first scenes of the show there's like a kid in a lakers outfit <laughs> like a lakers jersey and he's like yeah. help me help me and um, just in a cage being dragged by the motorcycle which is a shame because the lakers just won the chip and now this kid's gonna be turned into hummus so sad he won't even get to celebrate um you really don't you really don't have like i'm pretty sure who it is but i have one other idea of who it might be is there somebody we met absolutely absolutely it's one of it's one of the characters we were introduced to guaranteed (laughs) why why um just let me hear it it has to, it has to, has to, has to. This is my, my 95%. Wait, is it the principal? That is my 5% guess. <laughs> that is my, I, I was like, look, all the adults melted or turned into ghoulies. If the principal survived by some stroke of genius. They wouldn't they sign him in. for just one episode. I, I. Well, absolutely no. He's 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 built for he's built for ten, but it could just be in flashbacks that they, they show him. Either like, and I could see it if it is him. Maybe like I thought all the all the adults turned into ghoulies or or melted or whatever they Josh said, and he'd be like, "Well, I was always a kid at heart," or something like stupid <laughs> like that. They'd <laughs> be like, "Done, the principal survived." Um, but that's my five like my five percent, and almost who I think what I would prefer that it is. But I'm like pretty dang certain that it has to be Sam, right? It has to be. It has Sam. to be her. Sam, Dean, the, the person he's looking for. Has to. Has to, has to, has to. You think that it's like no, some guy. It's, it's not. Oh, I, it, oh I, my I don't Lord. think it is. Because I uh, I don't think it is mainly because of the last line of the episode. I don't know Why? exactly what he said, but he was like, it was like, if you think this is crazy, wait until, I, I don't know. I don't know. Right. He, he looks at the camera and says like, what is the thing? Um, yeah, I, I, he says like, he says something along the lines of like, it's about to get wild. Yeah. Something, something. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be Sam. If it is, I have no. 
Because somebody, there was like a line in the episode somewhere, they were like, I heard from this guy that he heard Sam was with so-and-so over mm-hmm. in blank territory. Right. So, I don't know. That's the, Baron Triumph's territory. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know. I, I, I do not think that it's Sam. Have we ever seen Sam and Baron Triumph in the same room? No. No. But it has to I th- I it has to be somebody that we know. And I can't No, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be someone else we know. I just feel like would it be really like would he say this is about to get crazy and it wasn't somebody that was introduced to us in the flashback? I mean, maybe 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 I'm, I'm more convinced away, that it's right. the principal. Sure, that, that's fine. I, I think that's a totally, totally fine answer, and I think it would be amazing if it was him. But um, I think you'll find out. You'll find out like five minutes into the second episode. Probably. So I was like so, so hesitant to, or like really itching to just hit the play on the next one, so I knew who it was. But I was like, this is like a literal cliffhanger that's perfect for the pod because hey. You don't think it's Sam? I think it's Sam. We both think it might be the principal. It'd be great. Matthew Broderick. Bring him in here. <laughs> but why is he stealing those kids? Who knows? Yeah, really. Slavery. It's bad. Yeah. Hummus. Indentured, indentured servitude. Oh. This Stop just looking in. at spoilers. This just in. Uh, Baron Trump, who was referenced in this uh in this uh in this podcast uh, is tested positive for COVID 19 with no symptoms nice baron trump is asymptomatic that's uh pretty bonkers he's his head's in the clouds he's, he's so too tall. tall i'm sure he's uh, he'll be he'll be fine he'll be fine he's cool baron trump's cool um is he cool i don't yes, know he's cool he yes, doesn't really cool. speak and and someday when he's on the sixers and he's defending the rim <laughs> he's gonna be so so good um Okay, other predictions. I honestly got nothing. What um, do you think's gonna happen when they I, like get mixed in with the tribes? Anything? I don't know. Oh, speaking of tribes, I have the names of the ones that they mentioned. So okay. there is the disciples of Kardashian, the mm-hmm. four four dash H club, the jocks. This, the, the stem punk kids, mm-hmm. and, and then they just said, and countless more occupying a part of the county. What four dash H? What is that? Four dash like four dash four H club. I don't what know. What is that? I don't know. What the heck could that be? Um, four H, like four horsemen is the only thing that I can think of. <laughs> that would be weird. Huh. I think the Kardashians are going to be interesting. I think they're going to... You think they're going to bring the actual Kardashians in? No, 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 no. No, that's uh, uh, Khloe Kardashian. Not Khloe Kardashian. They already are ghoulies. Yeah, they're, they're, they're ghoulies indeed. <laughs> Whatever. The Kardashians are not appearing in the show. They they did appear in Little Dicky's show, though, however, and that was neat. That was um, amazing. I, yeah, I, I don't... No, I, I, there is a character that is billed, uh, Eli Kardashian, who gets 10 episodes. So there is a Kardashian that is going to be somewhat important. I don't know what, like disciples of Kardashian, Kardashian, maybe they're going to have like, maybe they're going to be like the mages. (laughs) Maybe they're going to praise a Kardashian as their God or something. They absolutely are. They have, they're. Golden statue of Kim K <laughs> confirmed 100%. Um, STEM punks are just going to be like nerds. That's yeah. It. And I don't know what the four H's are, but I just wonder what, like, what do you think? If, if Baron Triumph is Sam, I know you don't believe it, but if it is Sam, then what do you think the point of the show is going to be after that? Just survive? Like a Walking Dead situation? I guess. Or it's going to be trying to 
civilize everybody into mm. a society. Unification. But I feel like it's just going to go back and forth between kidnapping people and getting them back and just a cycle and then it'll die mm-hmm. off. Mm. Interesting. It'll die off. It'll die off. Here we go. Uh, I, I think that's your transition. Why don't you introduce our final segment? For our final segment, we like to discuss whether this show is ready for takeoff, meaning this is a great show, fun to watch. Uh, It'll get a couple more seasons, seasons, the ending at once. Or this show is crash landing. It's a bad show. Not necessarily bad, just... Didn't live up to its potential. Uh, it is not going anywhere. Not getting any awards. Uh, yeah. Not getting any awards. And doesn't really need much more. John, do you want to start or do you want me to? I'll start. I can start. Hit it. Uh, this show, for me, uh, much to my surprise, is a clear for Um And I sort of believe it more likely to be a one-and-done situation, um, given the con... the comment that was made by Josh in the middle about, like, this being a teen rom-com uh, movie that's basically split over... A bunch of episodes like a tv series it could literally just be a 10 episode thing and that's like it and i i I think they could do that um i think in shows like these where you have um young actors um and especially like post-apocalypse stuff there is a tendency to want to run longer so maybe they are. I mean, this show came out in 2019, and as of right now, I don't see a season two. So I don't know if that means it was canceled or if it means that they got stuck because of COVID or who knows. But I think the show is neat. I think the writing is good. I think it's better than a 6.7 on IMDb. And mm. I'm like, I'm down to, to roll with it. So I think it's clear for takeoff for me. I am surprised to hear that. For me, this show is crash landing. I I will give it props. It did exceed my expectations. I thought it was going to be a dog duty. But <laughs> there were scenes that made me laugh. There were scenes that made me cringe. There was scenes that, I don't know, made me happy. But I just don't see it going anywhere. I don't see it getting an audience. I don't see it doing really anything. Um, There was more moments of the show where I was like, what is this writing rather than this is good writing. I, okay. there, there was the the scene that I praised was the scene with the bomb going off in the background. I thought that that scene was really good. And like I said, I think it was really good to me because he wasn't talking to the camera. I didn't like that. That I mean, I I like we said in the beginning they were they were mimicking a lot with Ferris Bueller, but I feel like it only works to a certain amount. And I feel like Ferris Bueller, they did it. Okay. Nobody else needs to. Um, I don't know. It just, it, there were scenes, like I said, that I liked, but I, I don't know the, the, it just, it it exceeded my expectations, but not enough. I don't, I don't think, think. yeah, I don't think that it's going to, grab the audience and i think that's totally fine i'm glad i'm glad you at least enjoyed it um because certainly we've had many a crash landing show that is not enjoyable um so at the very least i think that's a good good thing and hey this isn't the opinion part of the the pod the biggest opinion part of the pod so 
it's okay if we're out of lockstep on this one. Heck yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to say aside from I think I, I want to go watch some more of it and f- at least figure out who Baron Triumph is. You got to let um, me know. I absolutely will. Um, but, Sean, why don't we move to close out the pod? Head into it, my boy. Uh, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Pilot's Guide podcast. As we mentioned at the beginning, you can send us an email, pilotsguidepod at gmail.com, or connect with us on Twitter at Pilot's Guide Pod. Um, we'd like to thank Andrew and Angelo, our producers, uh, and my sister Emily for doing our artwork. Um, next week, as we discussed er, in our last episode, I believe, uh, we'll be watching uh, Season 2, Episode 1 of The Haunting of Hill House. But it's not The Haunting of Hill House anymore. It's The Haunting of Bly Manor, which Sean's heard is pretty spooky. I have heard. Um, I've also heard good things about Haunting of Hill House. So I'm hoping that Haunting of Blight Manor is also just as good. Well, you watched that episode uh, well, for the that, that is true. A long, I, long I, time ago. Uh, uh, you know what I mean. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we So this is sort of different because it's an anthology series, but we'll basically treat this as a one-season situation. We know it's going to end, so the whole crash landing or clear for takeoff might just be are they going to do another story another anthology story but we'll get into that next week um and down the pipe after that we might have another doki doki around the corner so keep an eye out for that if you're a big fan of those and um yeah i think that's all the work if you would like some pilot's guide merch you can go to b-a-r-b-e-e-m-i barba emmy on Redbubble and check out her store. There's a link in the description if you would like to buy some sweet merch. Uh, Sean. Yeah. Shower thought? I spoke to you about it before we started recording, but Pikmin 3 Deluxe. I got my Nintendo account back the other day. I don't want to go into it. I wasn't doing anything illegal. That's all that matters. He was not. I, honestly, I actually don't even know. But we won't. We won't talk about that. Um, Pikmin Three Deluxe. I got the demo on Nintendo Switch because I was bored and I was like, "Hey, I've heard good things. Let me try it out." And to my surprise, it is actually very fun and. It's easy for everybody to play. Uh, if you have a Nintendo Switch, check it out. It's just a demo. It's, it's not out yet. I think, John, you said that Pikmin 3 was already on Wii U, and this is just like a re-release. Correct. So, I don't know. I never played any Pikmin games before, so I'm a noob. They are... Well, it is fun for me, because I'm, I'm just seeing it for the first time. Yeah, and it's cute. Olimar, it's got it a big is. nose, the Pikmin, the flower people. Flower people. The enemies are cute, too. It's, it's a good game. Yes, sir. Video games keep the world going around. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And also, vote. That was Sean's shower thought. Oh, he my God. I forgot. For the rest of, <laughs> the, of the time. Uh, vote. Um, support. People of color and be because nice. they are going through a rough time as they unfortunately always have in our country. And, uh, be and, kind to everybody. And also remember that Christopher Columbus did not discover America. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Christopher Columbus was a garbage man and not the type that takes out the trash. The type that are. Yes. Um, Yes, so so be compassionate. Um, and, vote uh, and Pikmin. Vote Pikmin for president. <laughs> yes. Olimar 2020. And yes. on that note, Sean, as we say around these parts, yeah, uh, we're taking the we're taking the plane down. Yeah, where are we uh, going, John? 
Philadelphia, the art museum. <laughs> gotta go. Everyone's gotta go run up the rocky steps today. All right, we got a beautiful weather. We got beautiful weather. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna touch down. I don't know why I went into this voice. We're gonna touch down onto the, onto the uh, the Parkway over by the art museum in Philadelphia, Fairmount Art Museum area. We'll, we'll let you all out after you uh, grab some tiny tequila and a bag of mixed nuts go run those rocky steps take a picture with the statue i won't be waiting in that line that's not worth my time as we say on to conclude every episode now is the point in the show where you may feel free to roam about the cabin thank you so much folks for listening to another episode of the pilot's guide podcast go check out blind manor for next week until then enjoy your lives your lives. Vote Pikmin 2020. <laughs> yes.